Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kasanji. We don't fast so that God moves. It is you and I that move, or and you that move. When we fast, God has already moved. But you see, fasting gets us out of his way. Fasting gets the flesh out of his way. We put the flesh where it belongs, and we allow God to flow through us easily. When Jesus told the disciples, this kind cannot be accepted by prayer and fasting, he was talking about the unbelief. He was not talking about the demon. He was talking about the unbelief. And he's telling them, this kind cannot be accepted by prayer and fasting. Because when they failed to cast out the demon, he came and told them, he rebuked them for their unbelief. There is unbelief. There are two kinds of unbelief. There is unbelief that comes because of ignorance. There is somebody who does not know to believe for healing. You get what I mean? Then there is unbelief that that comes because of misconception. That one is normally tough to deal with. I've preached in places, I've preached in churches where they've been told the Holy Spirit is not for today, speaking in tongues is not for today. And you know, you find that it is so hard for them to receive because they have many questions, they have many things going on in their minds. So there is unbelief because of misconception. You had something wrong. You had, you are told growing up, God does not heal anymore. Or God to heal it requires somebody to come from America and to preach and to lay hands on you. So there is that unbelief. It becomes very hard to get rid of. At times when we get into a place of prayer and fasting, it is like a spiritual detox. It's true. Fasting is a detox physically for our body, but also spiritually it's a detox. Because when we spend time praying and fasting, like imagine today you've been here the whole day in the presence of God. When we come to pray and fast, that is what we are trying to do. To put everything, when you fast, it's not the time to do a lot of your laundry. Actually, if you can get somebody to do for you laundry, they do for you laundry. It is not time for you now to invite all family members and have all meetings that you want. It is time to free yourself so that you concentrate. You have time in the presence of God and have a spiritual detox. All this unbelief just keeps living as you feed yourself on the word of God. When Jesus was led to the wilderness by 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 the Holy Spirit after he was baptized. You see, when the devil came to him, it seemed like Jesus had been spending a lot of time reading the word. Because when the devil came to him, what came out of his mouth was the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. Three times. His only defense was it is written. It is written. So he had the word of God so full in him. In Luke chapter 24, he shows that to us again when he's walking down with his disciples to Emmaus. He starts, the Bible says he started explaining or expounding to them the things that were written concerning him. Jesus knew himself in the word of God. That is why he had the victories like he had. So during these 21 days, let us devote ourselves on top of our challenge to read through the Bible throughout the year. By that one, we don't count that one as studying the Bible. That is your daily reading. That one you may even rush through. You may read Matthew chapter 1, Genesis 1, Psalms 1, like that was the first one for yesterday. You can read that. And, but now studying, you may even study one verse a day. But you see, you're studying, you're going into it, you're praying. You look in your concordance. Nowadays, our phones have concordances. You don't need to carry a very big book. You can easily see things. There are Bibles with Greek lexicon, with Strong's. You look into that. You, you try to study. You, that is studying the Word of God. So there is daily reading and there is studying the word of God. That we should be so 
full of the word of God. This world is yet to see a man so full of the word of God. And Paul talks about it a lot. He says, may the word of God richly dwell in you. And he's talking about that to the Colossians. And in Acts, Acts chapter, is it chapter 20, verse 30, 20, 30, 20, 32. He's speaking, I think this time, were they the Romans that he was living? And he says, and now, brethren, I commend you to, the, to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them who, which are sanctified. Paul knew, I'm not going to be with you anymore. And I know you may long that I lay hands on you every day. You may long that you give me a phone call and I pray for you every day on phone. But he's like, the best I can give to you is to commend you to his word of grace. When you take that word, it will build you up and it will give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. And during this time, we take the word of God like we have never taken it. We believe it like we have never believed it, you will see mountains move out of your way. Mark chapter 11 verse 23, we read this during vacation. Yeah. And he's telling, Jesus was telling them, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. It is going to be very hard for you to believe when you've not seen them in the word of God first. Praise the Lord. Many mountains come our way, and we don't know what to say. We see the word of God is our arsenal. Praise the Lord. Powerful, equipped with all weapons. And... If we are in the word of God, he says the spirit himself, he helps our infirmities in that we do not know how to pray as we ought to, but the spirit helps us. And many times you're going to realize that if you are a person of the word, your prayer life becomes better. The spirit has a lot to work with. There are many weapons in you that he has to work with. There are even scriptures you've not necessarily memorized, but because you've studied them, the spirit brings them out. As you pray, you know, it is, it is just like this Bible that we have. The Bible is our life manual. The Bible is your manual. And if you don't know yourself from the word of God, that devil will keep beating you. Jesus defeated the devil on earth because he knew himself in the word of God. Because when the devil came, he's like, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the devil said, he knows too much of himself. I better leave. And the devil left. Says he did not bother him anymore. He left him. And angels came and encouraged him. He knew himself in the word. And when you go to, let's go to Luke 24. I want us to see that story of the, the guys that are walking from Emmaus. Get to the story of the people walking from Emmaus. Now upon the first day of the, go, direct, go to, to where Jesus is walking with these people. Go to verse, let's go to verse 5. And behold, two of them went that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk 
and Asai. And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto him, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to become condemned to death, have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. They didn't even know he would resurrect. They were so sad because they had believed he was to redeem Israel. Now they think, we really thought, our chances are blown. We thought he was to redeem Israel. Yeah, let's go on. Yeah, and certain women also of our company met us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he spoke unto them, O fools, O slow of heart, to believe all the prophets, all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Imagine Jesus being your pastor. He wasn't afraid of using words like, O fools. You see, for us here, we keep using brethren, sisters. <laughs> he just said, O fools. Easily, he didn't apologize. He just. He just went on. I want to be as like Jesus. <laughs> I start using some of the words he uses. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. When the devil attacks you, can you explain to him in scripture the things concerning you? Can you see yourself in scripture? Where you cry to your mom. Yeah. This is a real challenge. Jesus explained to them the things concerning himself in the scripture. That is how we ought to know ourselves in the scripture. Yeah. Somebody may even be watching. I know many people who watch you say, you see, I've believed to speak in tongues for a long time. I've been prayed for and what? Get to know yourself in the scripture. You're going to realize that when he said, in the last days I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Are you one of those all flesh? Hallelujah. If he did not hold back his only son, won't he also give us the Holy Spirit if we ask? That is what he says. Are you included among those that he's talking about? Praise the Lord. The promise of the Spirit is for you and for your children and their children. Are you included among those? If you're included among those, you can't, no cannot be an answer anymore. I've prayed for many people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe thousands of people by now. And many people who take long to, to, to speak in tongues, it is because of not knowing themselves in scriptures. 
They think there is something hindering them. They think maybe I'm not so worthy. Maybe I've not prayed enough. Maybe like have you known yourself in the scriptures? Go and know yourself in the scriptures. Go and find yourself in the scriptures. This time as we pray is so much for that. It is so that you discover yourself in the scripture. Take time. And that is why every evening I'm going to be teaching. We're going to be taking some time to pray and we're going to be teaching. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Spend a lot of time praying at home and getting into the Word. Peter said in Acts chapter 6 verse 4, he said that we shall give ourselves daily to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Yeah? But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. He knew what was priority. Many of us here are called to be great ministers, to serve God greatly. And if we are going to do that and bear fruit in that particular calling, then prayer and the word are not optional. They are not options. They are things we do when we are going to preach. This should be our lifestyle. His presence should be all that we want. Praise the Lord. Like we are saying, we are saying he's here. We are saying, word of God, speak. Yeah? Won't you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see. Because many times we, we have eyes, but we do not see. He talks about that in the Bible. But his word washes our eyes to see. But we have clear vision that he talks about in, 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 in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. He says that the eyes of your understanding may be opened. The Amplified says flooded with light. That his word, his word is the one that opens our eyes. Just like it opens our ears, our spiritual ears. Says faith comes by hearing, but that hearing comes by the word of God. You can't hear. It is the word of God that brings hearing to your ears. Faith comes by hearing, but hearing comes by the word. He doesn't say faith comes by hearing the word. It is hearing that comes by the word. Then faith comes. So without the word, you can't hear. Without the word, you cannot see. You're blind. The light of the glorious gospel has not been brought to you. And if you want to see more, let the word be washed by the word. Let it wash away every blinder, everything that makes it impossible for you to see what God has for you. It is going to be very key during this time, especially as we, we bear fruit. That during these services, as we come in the evenings, we will take time soaking, spending time in his presence, loving him, letting him love us. That after 21 days, our endearment for him should have gone higher. The things that he speaks about, I think it's Isaiah, when he's telling us about fasting, he says that then your light shall break forth. That when you come out of fasting, you should be looking brighter, you should be looking better. And there should be spiritual radiance that comes from you also as a person. Because you're like somebody who has come from the presence of God. Look at Jesus when he came from fasting. He went and stood in the temple and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And during that time as he spoke, he spoke with boldness that the Pharisees had never seen. And he told them, this scripture is fulfilled today in your presence. And they wanted to kill him. Because he spoke something and he believed it. They used to read it and never believed it. So he make up. Because that scroll was there. They found it in the temple. Jesus, so, so that scroll was always there. And I'm sure they always read it, but they didn't believe it. Now one comes whose eyes are open. And he reads it and he realizes actually it's talking about me. And it is the same thing among us in church. Don't you see how one person gets a scripture and they have a miracle? 
And another one, it's not even appealing. It's like, what is that? What is being talked about? You see, it is the word of God that is going to open our eyes to see these things. God has called us and he wants us to bear much fruit. He has provided all the resources. Uh, I told you this, that in, in, in the New Testament, every promise of God is in past tense. In the New Testament, there is nothing more that God is going to do. So our eyes are just to be opened and see where are these things. Isn't it amazing? Have you ever thought about that? That in the new, this new covenant we are in is not for begging. That is why we don't pray beggarly prayers here. Praise the Lord. There is a place to pray those prayers. You see, many times when people start fasting, it is time to beg. We are going to pray. We are going to declare. We are going to say certain things, powerful things. But it is no time for begging. We know who we are. Praise the Lord. Somebody who knows who they are, they, they, you know, they don't... You see, Ada does not come to me and say, Baba, yeah? please, if you really... Can I have... I've been so thirsty. I don't want to bother you, Baba, but... Yes, I'm water. You know, that's not how she speaks. You know what I mean? She comes, Baba, I want some water. And tell her, say, please, please. Please, Baba, you know. <laughs> I even have to teach her to say, please. She just comes and says, Baba, I want water. They say, you say, please, say, please. So there are those who already know, they've seen themselves in the word of God, and they know how they can come to the master. They can come to the throne of grace with boldness to obtain katalambano, obtain, not to plead, to take a hold of what is theirs. And the truth is that God is a very loving God. He answers all. Praise the Lord, even the beggars. But there is a low life that the beggars live. It is just like if I'm seated here in church and giving people water. If a beggar comes, I'll give them water. But you know, even the next day they will be there thinking, wow, you may think I'm bothering him. Should I go again? This week I've gone three times. That is the life of a beggar Christian. At times they don't want to bother God. They feel, I've asked for so much, I've done so much. But one who knows that they are a son and they know their place, their eyes have been opened by the word of God. They know how to come in like Jesus told them to pray. Look at how he told them to pray. He says, pray. And whatsoever things you say, believe that you have them and you shall receive them. He says, believe. Jesus told them to pray a prayer of authority. To speak in authority, knowing that they are sons. And you see, he was also preparing us for the New Testament. We are people of the new covenant. We are this side of the cross. We are not the other side. You know what I mean? The other side, sometimes they needed to cry for a whole day before God can hear them. And that is why there are many scriptures in the Bible that should be interpreted in the light of the New Testament. If my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves. And it is true that scripture is still relevant even today. But you see, how do you interpret it? If you really think that God is not even hearing you, it is until you kneel, you humble yourself, and, and then he will hear you. You know, that scripture has a lot to do with corporate, you know, like as a nation humbling ourselves and all that. Many times we forget all these, and, and you know, we go and cast me not away from thy presence. And you see, if you have a musician who can take it higher, hey, you'll see tears rolling in every church. Has me not away from thy presence, O oh Lord. 
How do you say cry in Swahili? Kulia. So how do you say cry to the Lord? Lilia Bwana. And restore unto me joy of my salvation. I renew our right spirit within me. And oh, pass me not a gentle savior. they think I'm passing. Why do they always think I'm passing them back? He's on his way to go somewhere. There is another one that is very good. I think that one. Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. Yeah, he's not. Jesus brought us to this side. Where when you read, so when you read the New Testament, you know, you, you read, you're yet to find something that was not yet done. Ephesians 1, 3 tells us, bless us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Second Peter 1, 3 tells us, his divine powers given to us all things that pertain to life and goodness. Past tense already. Paul himself tells us, forgive even as your heavenly father has forgiven you. You know, even forgiveness is past tense. You say, if you don't forgive, your heavenly father will not forgive you. I sure. I sure. He's already forgiven. Even when he calls Paul, he tells him, he sends him to go and preach to people forgiveness of their sins. Forgiveness which was already granted. Go preach it to them. Let them receive it. Everything has... Imagine if you know that everything has been given. Do you know the boldness you walk with? So it is so different. You may both receive, but one is living a low life. Many times if a child has just been adopted in a home, a home of abundance... Every time they want to open the fridge and take something, they'll wait, they will rehearse how to tell the parent. The children in the house just run and pull, they open and they take half and they pour. You know, they're, they're in the house. They're living a high life. The other is living a low life. But the things are available to both of them. None of them will be denied, but one is living a low life. Many Christians live that way. Some live a low life. Now you see, when we take his word, his word opens our eyes and our hearing. That is how faith comes. Because now we get to know. He says, I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither the hearts of men perceive that which God wants to do for them that love him. And he says, but we have received his spirit. 
And he says, that we might know those things which are freely given unto us. We received his spirit to know those things which are freely given unto us. That's a good point to dance. Praise the Lord. That we may know those things which are freely given to us. It will be so sad for a child of God not to know those things which are freely given unto you. Those things which are freely given unto us. My peace I give unto you. So when you lose peace, you remember. The Holy Spirit is in you. And he reminds you of things which are freely given unto you. Peace, joy, righteousness. Those are free things. And they are given unto you. Praise the Lord. And with them, everything comes. So the next time you go to prayer, like, Father, thank you. Thank you for my healing. Thank you that 2,000 years ago, you paid the price I could not pay. Thank you that Jesus suffered. His body was broken for you, for me. Thank you, Father. You see, as you speak that, you're reaffirming yourself as a son of God. And you entitlement. Praise the Lord. And then now you look at that leg and you say, you pain in the same authority I command you. Leave in Jesus' name. And say, Father, if you can, please let that pain go. Please, Father, I'm even fasting and I've got in 21 days, but please, please, God, have mercy on me. He had mercy on you and sent Jesus Christ on the cross and Jesus took those stripes. And now he wants you to say those things that you want to see and you will see them. He wants you to speak. Praise the Lord. You speak from a place of authority. You speak from a place of authority. That is how the police officer comes and speaks to you. He tells you to stop and he tells you Departure license before he even knows your name. You know, you want to find out that is his name before you start praying. You want to know how powerful it is, how is this one can doctors do anything. A police officer who stops you doesn't even find out whether you're whose son or what. He just says, Babu, to a license. Some are even bold enough to come and sit in your car. And you see you who doesn't know you're there trembling. They open the door and come and sit. Very legal. Hallelujah. Yeah, because they are bold. They know they've been given a badge. Kenya police. And you see, they walk around like that. They even pretend they don't want to talk to you. You see, you this side, they're like, when I say magic. What would you say? That's what they normally say. So bold, so confident. They should teach us a lesson. We are children of God. That is how we should be speaking to the devil. Yeah. I saw Smith Wigglesworth one time the devil showed up in his room. You know, like in, in a physical image. He showed up in his room. Then he showed up in his room. He woke up and he saw him and said, It's you. And he covered himself and slept. No, the devil was like, this one knows himself. And another time he moved his bed. You know, he came in and moved the bed. So the bed, the bed moved from its position. And he said, ah, when he moved the bed, uh, no, I think it is the same, is it the same story? Yeah, he, when he moved the bed, he looked and he's like, it's you. Then he covered himself. Then, he remembered the bed has been moved. Told, Can you come back and return it? And the devil came back and returned the bed and left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, please. The devil 
has come. That's the time many Christians say, fire, fire. We start saying, hey, fire. Who is the power? Hey, there is power as they sweat as if there is no power. You know, have you, have you seen people casting out demons saying there is power as they wipe sweat? Hey, there is power, power, wonder working power in that as they push the pastor forward. Mm, oh, fellow. There is power. You, you're not singing loudly. This thing is not going to go. There is power. Power. Sing. In Bali, this demon has to go. <laughs> and like you really sing about the power. And you, you have to know yourself in the word of God. And you see, as we know ourselves in the word of God, we keep growing. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you may you may come from this service and there may be some challenges when you go out there. You don't stop there. You keep getting into the word of God, getting into the word of God. Eventually, some results are just going to become so obvious. You don't even bargain. You don't, many of these heroes of faith we read about, Bishop Benson, Idahosa, some of the things that they did, it was growth. They devoured the word of God. So by the time you're hearing that Benson, Idahosa is, is being told, a builder has fallen from their church building and has fallen down should be taken they want to take them to us they've died then he says no keep him there until I come you know very sure that he knows what to do about that boy gentlemen wake up we still have work you know and the builder gets back to life and, and he has to work hallelujah I listened over another time I hear somebody fell from the balcony while he was it was during time for offering a guy fell and his head cracked, literally, like crack. Died on the spot. You know, blood on the brain and what. And you know, chat people are panicking. And in the studio, going on like with offering, going on with offering. <laughs> yeah. Then he went there at the back and held the guy's head and put together and spoke life into the gun. And service went on. You get what I mean? But you see, his eyes had been opened. He wasn't there begging God. Actually, one time, you remember when he said, when the witch doctors wanted to meet in Benin City, and he said, it is not going to happen. And the pastors came, are you sure God has told you? And he looked at the pastors, what do you mean God? God has bigger things to deal with. It is me who has said. We don't need to pray about that. God has issues he's dealing with. Which doctors? Now you want to give which doctors to God? That is mine to deal with. And that is what the Bible tells us. You shall cast out demons. Jesus does not cast out demons today. God does not cast out demons. It is us who cast out demons. You can pray to him all you want to cast out demons. He's not going to cast out any. His work with demons was done 2,000 years ago. He even showed them. He showed a public spectacle of them. The message version says, paraded them naked. What does naked means? They can't pocket. A naked <laughs> no naked person can pocket. So there is nothing. There is no machine gun they are hiding. They are naked. <laughs> naked is to show you, yeah, they have no weapon. They have nothing. He parted them naked. And imagine coming and approaching him from that place. That is up because you see a lot that the devil will throw in your way for you not to bear fruit. And you see, many times you, you you now run back and you're like, oh God, please, this that has been thrown in my way. No, it is not time to run back. This is now time 
for you to show him. He says, speak to the mountain. He doesn't say, pray to God about the mountain. He says, speak to the mountain. You speak to the mountain. That mountain is given you authority. You speak to it. And Jesus said, in that day, you shall not ask me, but in, you shall pray to God in my name. That is given us that name. Praise the Lord. But we use that name. We have the authority of that name. And we see great things coming to happen. We see good things happening. As we go on bearing fruit, like I was saying in the service, I'm like, it is sad men to have been Christians for a while. And yet we don't see them bearing fruit in their lives. And some of the things that happen is the presence of God. We encounter the presence of God. A lot happens to us. But you see, what matters is what is the fruit? You got slain many times. The power of God came upon you. Prophecies, you have prophecies. Your book of prophecies is bigger than the Bible. And... Yeah, some people are there, especially the unfulfilled ones. An encyclopedia of prophecies. Because if you keep bearing fruit, they keep reducing. You, you cross out whichever prophecies fulfilled. But you, see, you already have a book you move with to show you the prophecies you receive. But you're still looking for prophecies. You're still start bearing fruit. Your, this conference, your professor, you're the only one prophesied to throughout the conference for the seven days. After the seven days, you're looking for another conference where they are prophesying. Where is another conference where they are prophesying? This one I attended day one, they didn't prophesy. Where is the one they are prophesying? It's in Sarit, you go to Sarit. Even that one, they didn't prophesy enough. Where is it? And you're sweating, you're losing weight, and we think you're dieting. Come here, you're chasing prophecies. Even the prophecy of gaining some weight is not getting fulfilled. And you're sabotaging it, running everywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Know yourself in the word of God. When you get to know yourself in the word of God, this is the truth. Whether a direct prophecy ever comes to you or not, you will be a success in life. And the truth is that prophecy is going to come your way. But you're not going to be desperate for prophecy. And then even when prophecy comes, you know how to treat prophecy. Because you're so informed in the word of God. You see, prophecies have come. What were these guys on that way? What did they do with them? That's why Jesus called them fools. They had books written about them as how he would resurrect. Those were prophecies. And there they are sad. This is like you fools collecting prophecies upon prophecies. And you don't know what was written, that he must suffer these things, and how he would resurrect on the third day, and he was there with them. Praise the Lord. Then at the end when he left, he opened their eyes. He's the word of God. He opened their eyes. I believe that all these people that encountered Jesus during that time and did not know him, supernaturally, miraculously, their eyes were closed to him. Because every time they realized he was with them, he says, their eyes were open. Then they said, did our hearts burn within ourselves when we were with him? Because if this is a Jesus they knew all the time, there's no way they could walk and not tell. At least they would have said, you resemble him. But it is because their spiritual eyes were already blind. So even these eyes were blinded for them not to see him. 
that during this time I pray that none of you will have spiritual blindness. But you will see what God is doing in your life as you are led by Him and by His Spirit. Praise the Lord. Because great things are coming your way. And that you fall in love like you've never fallen in love with Him. Hallelujah. I'll teach you a song that we will sing many times in this ministry. It's a very simple song. Yeah. Some of you who are my age may know it. None of you is my age. Silly. Leon is just born the other day. He's here. He's laughing. After Moi had left power. Leon, <laughs> you are not there. For us, we saw the Dankima. Did you ever see the Dankima? You just read of him. <laughs> Ask us. <laughs> we saw that day he was captured. Well, actually, I was around. <laughs> this is how you can't even believe it. That shows me how you are not really there. You are not there. <laughs> you are not there. Yeah, we used to sing a song when we were young. Um, and these songs touched my life. Even as a young kid, I used to sing them in church, and I'm like, wow, that's so awesome. But we used to sing and say, The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. I want to know. loving you, he's worshipping you, he's serving you. That is the greatest thing in my life. Praise the Lord. It is knowing him. Hallelujah. This year God is going to prosper you. But know him more than you know prosperity. Hallelujah. No, that's where stability is. You see prosperity is like new money. Have you ever seen somebody with new money? You get what I mean? Yeah, in a week, they, you know, the other week they have torn shoes. In one week, you see them with four pairs. Then the other time, you see them, they keep talking about how many bedrooms their house has. They keep, you get what I mean? Like every time they, they stand up, they, they remind you that they are rich. You get it? How many platforms, how, even if you go to YouTube, how many times have you had Bill Gates say, I'm rich? Now, that's not new money. It's going to be very hard for you to find a clip where Bill Gates says, I'm rich. You get what I mean? Yeah, but we have people here who just get their golden rings and, and necklaces and they just keep saying, yes, we are helping people. <laughs> we have money. <laughs> we are helping people. <laughs> That's how new money is. They put it on the table, they take photos with it, they take selfies with it. Now the problem with new money is that it can fly away so easily. You get what I mean? I don't want God's prosperity to you to be new money. Yeah, because it's true. God is going to prosper you. You'll get into a certain deal and you can't even believe the deal that you're getting. So you need spiritual capacity for you not to have a culture shock. For you not to show shamba. You buy rings.
hangs until you put rings on your legs. You, put, you have four chains. Like, honestly, even if it's a dog, even if I know, like, boa bells are very strong. You get it? But still, we don't put two chains on them. You just get a stronger chain, one. You get what I mean? Just buy a necklace, a good expensive one, one, instead of buying four. Praise the Lord. It's true you want to show for the silver and gold I have, but... <laughs> Yeah, you have a padlock, you have a, a watch, you just put everything on your neck. Now at a very young age you start walking like this. It is the weight of the chains. And every time we see you coming like this, the worship team will lead. There is power in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're there closing your eyes and you hear chains falling, you know it's yours that are being broken. I hear the chains. This is that time the worship team will even take it out because we are literally hearing them. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with new money. And many children of God, it may not just be money, but God has great positions for us even on earth. And sadly, many of us don't have the capacity to sustain those things. Because at times we feel like you have to choose between God and them. Yet if God becomes your anchor, if God becomes your everything, none of those things will shake you. They will come and you feel like they've not changed your status. And you will be very sober, you know how to use them. Because God is your all in all. That is Job. You remember Job? How he talks to about he tells the devil, God try him, I know Job. And you see, we hear us from Job speaking. He says, I've esteemed your word greater than my necessary food. So the devil thought that oh Job loves God because he has his name is Job, so he's not jobless. Then <laughs> he's just okay. And all the things were taken out and he said, though he slay me, yet I will still try. As in from the day Job got God, he had arrived. These houses, donkeys, what, they were aesthetics. Like him, he had already arrived. He was up there. And during this time, let us arrive. Let us get to that place where, you know, as we sing, knowing you, Jesus, Knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you. Be deep. 
Father, thank you for your awesome presence. Now, right now, even as you move among us, that you give us a taste of your presence that we will never recover from, that every day of our lives we will love to dwell in your presence, that we will love to dwell in your presence, to stay in your manifest presence, that it is sufficient for us. It is you that we love. It is you that we worship. It is you. You are our best friend. You are all in all. The love of my life, that it is you. It is you that I want. Nothing in this world satisfies. Yes, like David says, as the deer panted for the water brooks in the desert, so my soul longeth for you. That it is you alone. It is you. Nothing can take your place. Nothing is as good as your presence. Your sweet presence. Your sweet, sweet presence. Thank you, Jesus. My prayer is that every evening you come here longing, looking forward to be in God's presence, to enjoy Him. It is true you should look up, you should look forward to the preaching, you should look forward to the praise. But what if you come every day because you know that you have to encounter Him and every, every minute of your life that you enjoy His presence. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Many of us are frustrated, disappointed, because we thought that we would get satisfaction from our businesses, marriages, employment, and we've gone from frustration to frustration, one job to another, one business to another, one marriage to another, one boyfriend to another, one girlfriend to another, and we've never been satisfied. Degree after degree, because none of that satisfies. None of that can take his place. His is the most amazing beauty you can ever experience. His presence is all that you need. It is all that we need. His presence. And in his presence, we are made. He makes us. His presence is like an incubating place. We are made into who he really wants us to be. Into who he created us to be. We discover our identity in his presence. We discover who we are in his presence. So it's so important to love it. To just love his presence. To just love his presence. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. You are singing so and saying, Come and see your way wapi. Where would we be? Look at how many chances he's given you. Look at his grace, his mercy. By man's standard, some of us don't qualify. Some of us shouldn't even be standing here. But we are here because of him. How can't you love such a God? How can't you totally abandon yourself into his hands for you to be his, for you to be his gift? Yeah? For 
little bit gift like Len LeBlanc sang that you be a rainbow to him. Yeah, be a rainbow to him. Be a songbird to him. Love him. Love his presence. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. These meetings are a setup for you to encounter him, for him to take you deeper. That is why these meetings are here. It is a setup. He knows that this is the way he will get you and take you deeper. You may think I have known him, I've experienced him. There is more. There is deeper. There is more than what you have known. There is more. And today, told me today, there are three people here, and you're encountering him. Today, you will say, "So the Lord." Three people that Jesus is showing himself to you in a way that has never been explained, in a way that you've never heard from anyone's testimony, but that you're going to experience him, and he will satisfy you. That the desire for many things will totally die. And you'll not be somebody who can be tossed about by any new trend that comes, any new thing that comes, because you're so stable in him. His presence is enough. Thank you, Father. I give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.